the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yes, it is the Nick T Podcast. My name is Nick DiGilio. How are you? Welcome. Episode 146. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, it's Friday. Happy weekend, everybody. Um, summer has officially kicked off, I guess, last week. Here in Chicago, we are getting some very summer-like weather. Not completely uncomfortable and annoying to the point where I want to punch everybody in the face because uh, I'm not a fan of hot weather at all. Uh, so right now we're like in the mid 80s and it's not horribly humid, but you know, in about a month, um, I will be the most miserable human being on the planet because there's nothing worse on the planet than hot, muggy, humid weather. It's the worst, but we're not there yet. Kind of a lovely weekend ahead. Hey, um, it is episode 146, the Nick T podcast. That's me. I'm Nick DeGilio. I'm your host. And, uh, I host this podcast, which is a really fun entertainment-based and lifestyle and uh, uh, fun-based podcast. And I also host a podcast about Saturday Night Live called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. If you're a fan of SNL and you have not subscribed to that podcast, you're dumb. Uh, But you should subscribe. And if you're not a fan of SNL, you should also subscribe. Um, And it is a deep dive into the world of Saturday Night Live, the best sketch comedy show, the legendary show. I am loaded with facts and stories and tidbits and history. Uh, in my brain that I share with you, I have guests sometimes, sometimes I don't. We just talk about certain episodes and certain sketches and cast members. It is rich and fun and awesome, and you can check it out. It drops every Wednesday at RadioMisfits.com. That's where we are right now, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Um, and Radio Misfits, by the way, is now streaming 24-7. That's right. We have a full, awesome 24-7 stream. I'll, I'll get the words out. A 24-7 streaming service that provides entertainment like a radio station, man. Except it's a streaming service and it's 24-7 live going all the time. You can hear my podcasts uh, being played part of, uh, or part of the time with a lot of great unheard music from unsigned bands, a lot of really cool product, and amazing episodes of other podcasts. You can hear my podcast, this one, the Nick D Podcast, daily at 3 p.m. Central at RadioMisfits.live. And you can hear my SNL podcast. Uh, that show hasn't been funny in years. Daily at 9 a.m. Central. So... Check us out, radiomisfits.live, 24-7 streaming service. Get on that now. And also, that's a good way to sponsor us. Get into the Nick D podcast. If you want to sponsor my podcast, you can do that. Contact us at sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, I want to be a sponsor of the Nick D podcast or the SNL podcast as well. We'd be happy to help you out with that. Get in there. A lot of people listen to these podcasts, I'm telling you. I don't know why, but people like me. So, that, so you should listen to these podcasts and get your uh, advertising in there now. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. If you want to be a part of this podcast, the Nick Deep Podcast, voicemail system is open 24-7. We want to hear from you. We encourage it. We love it. 24-7. You can call anytime you want. Say whatever you want. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. That's also the number where you can leave your, um, your Magic Megaphone request. 
You can drop us an email 24-7, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. That phone number and that email address not only gets to this podcast, but also to my SNL podcast. So 773-417-6948, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Get your magic megaphone requests in. We've got one of those coming up. Esmeralda Leon is going to join me as she always does on the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, that magic megaphone request that we have. And if you have one, man, you get to be a part of the show and an exclusive message or joke or inside joke just for you. Part of the magic megaphone. Get them in. Uh, we're going to talk about um, some big, st- some stuff that celebrities did project-wise, TVs, movies, audio, whatever, that people forget. Some big stars did some weird stuff. We're going to talk about that. And also joining me uh, right after we take, uh, I-, I tell you that you should be congratulated. Matt Carr is going to join me. Matt Carr works at the Music Box Theater. The Music Box Theater, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis or you know me personally, I spend a significant amount of time at the Music Box Theater here in Chicago because it's the best movie theater in the country. Not only does it have an incredible history, it's been around for many, 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 many years. It's an old, beautiful movie palace auditorium, old school. You walk in, the history is rich, the screen is big. It is a beautiful, old, beautiful movie theater. And they do great programming, Ryan and everybody at the Music Box. The thing about the Music Box is they give a shit about what they show, how they show it. They love movies. They love the presentation of movies. And it shows. The Music Box Theater is the best theater in the country. And we are lucky enough to have it right in the middle of Chicago. It is in the Lakeview area. I refuse to call it Wrigleyville because that's a stupid name and it's a fake neighborhood. And fuck it. It's Lakeview. Uh, and it's on Southport in Chicago, and it's a beautiful theater, a, a, a grand auditorium with incredible history. It's an old-school movie palace where it's a joy and a privilege to watch a movie in there. And they show great movies, first-run movies, new movies, foreign movies, short films. They have great festivals. The Chicago Critics Film Festival was held there. Uh, they have 24-hour horror festivals there. The Chicago International Film Festival is there. It is the best theater in the country, and we are lucky to have it. Well, one of the things that's happening that Matt, my guest, is, is a huge part of is they are going to be screening on June 7th and 8th, Wednesday the 7th and Thursday the 8th, House on Haunted Hill in 35mm. This is the classic William Castle produced and directed horror film with Vincent Price, one of the many great movies that William Castle is responsible for. And they are not just going to show it in 35 on Wednesday and Thursday the 7th and 8th of June, but they are going to show it in Emerjo. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, William Castle was this producer, director, a guy who created horror movies who was in, way into gimmicks. He loved to give everybody a big show. He was a showman, a carnival barker who made movies and had a blast. Uh, he made a whole bunch of movies where they had all these gimmicks at the theater, where it was interactive and the audience was going to experience something more than just sitting in a movie theater. Well, Emerjo's coming back. And uh, the people at the music box are going to bring it back. There's going to be ghosts in the theater. There's going to be skeletons. There's going to be people with knives. There's going to be some scary shit that's happening in the auditorium live as the movie is happening. That's right. The spirit of William Castle is coming back to life on Wednesday, June 7th and Thursday, June 8th at the music box theater for two nights, two screenings only of House on Haunted Hill in Emerjo, all the gimmicks, all the fun in 35 millimeter. And Matt is a big part of that. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, what's gone into bringing this back, Emerjo, and all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. And uh, we will talk about William Castle and the music box and all kinds of stuff. So Matt Carr is going to join me, and uh, we're going to have a blast talking about this. And you have to come. Um, I've seen a little bit of, the, of a dry run of some of the stuff they're going to they're be doing in the theater while the movie is happening. 
And um, we'll get into that. We'll tell you all about the, the history of William Castle and the greatness of House on Haunted Hill, which you can see on uh, Wednesday, June 7th and Thursday, June 8th at the Music Box. Matt Carr is going to join me to give us all the details on how you can get your tickets and more. So that's all coming up on the, uh, on the program. I thank you for checking us out. Uh, please spread the word. Rate and review us on every single platform. Uh, and uh, Jason Skaggs, my main man, does all the music and the themes and the sounds and the funny stuff. And Ed is my main man at uh, Radio Misfits. So thank you all for checking us out, listening to us, and subscribing. And listen to us on the 24-7 streaming service, radiomisfits.live. And Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. She listens 24-7 to radiomisfits.live. You can hear this podcast at 3 p.m. She knows that, right? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Every day, and that show hasn't been funny in years at 9 a.m. every day, right, Carrie? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. All right, cool. Uh, Congratulations, and we're going to talk with Matt Carr from the Music Box Theater about House on Haunted Hill after you do get congratulated right here. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle. Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. Are you ready, dear? No. Are you ready, dear? Yes, damn you. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hooray. Or you'll be late for your own funeral. Oh, shit. You don't want to be late for your own funeral. That's uh, the trailer for House on Haunted Hill, where Vincent Price personally invites you to come to the party. Uh, And the party itself is happening at the Music Box Theater on uh, Southport here in Chicago on Wednesday, June 7th, 7 p.m. showtime, and Thursday, June 8th, 9.30 p.m. showtime, shown on 35mm and in Emerjo. And one of the guys who's behind this whole thing is uh, one of the one of the people that works at the at the at the Music Box Theater, and he is my guest here. Then we're going to chat all about this stuff and William Castle and all kinds of cool stuff. And his name is Matt Carr. Hi, Matt. Hi, Nick. How are you, buddy? I'm feeling good today, my friend. Uh, yeah. Where 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 are you uh, posted up? Where are you doing this show from? Well, I'm doing it from my dining room, man. It's all first class here, man. I can I can see my stove from where I'm sitting and my back door. So I'm a, it's a, it's a, it's a classy establishment that we're talking about. Here do, you, first do, you, do you, do you wear like, uh, I've always wondered, and we'll get this out of the way real fast. Podcasters uh, across the board. Do you wear pants or no pants when you record? 
Right now, I have uh, shorts on and an Escape from New York t-shirt. That's what I'm wearing right now. Just so in, ca- in, in case you, nice, and you've, you, nice. you've seen me, you know what I look like. And so that's, you can just picture me that way. And where are you as we speak, uh, Matt? I am in my uh, Lux, uh, you know, penthouse apartment uh, on the top floor of Lakeshore Drive, looking down on all of the little people of Chicago. No, I'm ah. in a one bedroom on Belmont. Okay. <laughs> I thought the first part was cooler. Uh, uh, I'll go with that. Uh, listen, so Matt, before we jump into this, first of all, what is your, what is it? You're a manager at, at Music Box, right? What's your actual, do you have an actual title there? Yeah, I believe the uh, exact title, it's, it's a theater manager. Oh. <laughs> yeah, theater manager. Uh, it's not that All encompassing. Oh. Uh, so no, it's, not it's really not. It's, no. it's managing events and day-to-day business. You know, the, the Music Box... It's it wears several hats like it it plays movies day to day, but also in an increasing fashion, there's as people become more and more uh, comfortable coming out of their homes and getting back to a sense of normalcy. uh, The theater has been used as an event space more and more often and events with with talent and Q&A's and. And live music, that's the stuff that really pulls people off of their couch, off away from their streaming services, uh, because they can't experience that at home. They have to go. It's like, you know, like live music. You have to go and put your butt in a seat. That's right. And um, managing live events is uh, a lot more fun than, you know, just managing a movie theater. Right. That's true. And I mean, you know, but the thing about the music box, and I've been going to the music. I used to, I used to, I grew up blocks away from the music box, like literally on Addison, like six blocks away from the music box. And uh, so it's been a part of my life forever. I used to work at the jewel across the street in the eighties. So that's, that's how, <laughs> that's how long the music De- box deli guy? Part of my life. I was not a deli guy. No, I was dairy. I was dairy frozen. So uh, I was the guy who like, if you kept asking me if there was uh, later dates on the, uh, on the milk, and I would say, no, there's not. And they would be, can you go and check? And I'd be like, yeah. And then I'd go downstairs and fuck around for half an hour and come back up and go, nah, there isn't. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, that was me. And they're, but like, no, I was... they're like, why do you smell like cigarettes? <laughs> why do you have strawberry stains all over your mouth? Because you were in produce eating strawberries. Uh, yeah. So, but no, so, so the, and the music box, I talk about the music box a lot on this podcast and on the radio. And, and I have for many years because it's not just a movie theater. There's a lot going on at the music box. I love the place. And you, you guys uh, must be fucking sick of me because I'm there all the time. I'm there all the time. And, um, but I love what you guys do. I love the programming that you guys do. Ryan and everybody who runs the place. It's actually what I love most about it now is that it's actually run by people who give a shit. Um, that theater has gone through many managers and ownerships over the years. And I've seen it where there was a period of time when it wasn't as cool as it was then. And then it came back and it came back again. Right now, I think it's at the height of its, um, not only just like the popularity of the of it now, but also just in terms of the 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 quality of what you guys are doing in terms of programming and in terms of pre- presentations, it's uh, it's the best it's been in a, in many years. I'm in ecstatic to hear that because you know I second that emotion. I I, I echo that sentiment completely. Um, my 
biggest priority coming out of the pandemic because b- before the pandemic i was a concierge downtown at a luxury hotel and oh man yeah i was i was i was good at it but i didn't love it like i didn't have any enthusiasm for the industry or you know for what i was doing on a day-to-day basis yeah um and you know looking back now in hindsight with like ob- objectivity it's like I was this close to becoming a cliche, like a person who just gets stuck in a carousel of work that like does nothing for them. Uh, and that's, that's the slow poison drip death. Yeah. Um, but that, that job, you know, ceased to exist because of obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most important thing in the world to me was to set up somewhere where there was uh, palpable enthusiasm in the air. I wanted to work around people who give a shit about what it is that they're doing and that there is like a shared wealth of knowledge, like yeah. a web of ideas and, 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 and people who like really want to work together and care about the overall product. And they, they, they want it to be special. It's not yeah. just like a, a, a check-in check-out, you know, that's that's that that that's the fastest way uh, to you know get old fast. Yeah, well, it's you know it's one of the reasons why I spend so much time hanging out there is because I like I can feel that when I'm in there now. You know, like uh, like I said, I, Music Box has been a place I've been going to for many many years, but it's never felt the way it feels now. And that's why I end up hanging with you guys for so long. Like I'll end up hanging out in the lobby for, with like two hours with you guys. Because I love talking to you guys. You guys know your movies. You and there's an enthusiasm there where you realize how beautiful this palace is that you guys work in and how special it is. Like you don't take that for granted. Nobody does. And the kind of stuff that you guys are doing is unique and fun. And it, it's uh, and it's a it's a it's a joy to be back in that place, man. Like after after a period of time when it was not such a when it wasn't run by people who had that sort of enthusiasm or that reverence. Um, and now after the the whole pandemic and, you know, we're coming back out of that, uh, it's never been better and it's never been a more exciting to place place to be. And that's why you can't get rid of my ass when I show up. That's that's one of the reasons. So I, I, you you walk in the door and and uh, at that point, anybody who's in line, they need to understand they're going to be waiting a little bit longer because <laughs> uh, I'm thrilled when you come in. I love talking to you. You know, you know your shit and. I, I love your takes on things. So um, they they just, you got to wait. You got to wait. <laughs> if you really care, you'll wait. <laughs> well, uh, well, f- first of all, you mentioned that you were a concierge. Let me talk a little bit before we jump into House on Haunted Hill. And I'm so excited, dude. I can't tell you. I've, we've already talked about this. And I was lucky enough to walk in and see some of the stuff that you guys are going to do. You gave me a teensy little dry run uh, of it just to, you know, just to wet my a, appetite a, moose a little boosh. bit. Yeah, exactly. If that's yes, you were a concierge. Clearly, if you're saying shit like a boosh boosh, <laughs> you clearly were a concierge. Um, so I'm very excited about. It. Before we get into that, um, movies and you. How did it start for you? Because you are a you're a geek and you know your shit and you know your movies and you work in a movie theater and you love the the movies. Give me you know Matt's history with and connection with movies. Can you remember like the first time you saw one, what it was about it and what movies stand out for you? Just movies in general and what it means to you. Uh when I was very young, I thought I was an adult. Like 
I don't know, six, seven years old, like I thought that I was my parents' age. And when they would have their friends over, I would try to hold court with them. I would try to impress them. I was just like wanted to make people laugh. And, and I found a lot of success in memorizing things. Like I would memorize comic strips and, you know, like, like whole pages of like Calvin and Hobbes comics. I would like memorize all of the lines, all the characters and like do the entire scene. And then that naturally progressed into memorizing movie scenes and like monologues and like just uh, it would be a secret that I would harbor all day and then when you know my Mm. mom's stirring sauce in the kitchen or my dad has like friends over I would like pop out jazz hands and then I would like do uh angels with filthy souls from home alone and like do the whole thing and my parents friends are like staring with their mouths open like what is this kid and and like in hindsight i don't know if they got a. it seems like they got a kick out of it but um you know you, yeah. when you're a kid it's like it's the only thing that mattered uh was yeah. just like consuming more and more titles and and then um like absorbing it and being it and like yeah. living inside of it um do you remember the horror first? Do you, was, do you remember the horror was the big one for you? Was that the was that the one that really got you? Yeah, horror, horror. Yeah, horror was definitely the genre that I got into the heaviest, like leaned into the fastest. Because, like I said a moment ago, I wanted to be an adult as fast as possible. Yeah. And you know the conquering of something that is obviously for adults and 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 is meant to like harm you and leave you with like lasting uh you know it's supposed to damage the psyche and trouble right. your sleep right i wanted to do that so that again like i'd have a leg up in the the path of just being a tiny adult yeah um, none of this by so the way no, none, of this, the... none of this none of this surprises me by the way everything you're telling me doesn't surprise, <laughs> none of this surprises me um but like what was the first you you know everybody has kind of the movie that kind of they remember do you remember the first movie that made a huge impression on you I, when you were young i'm i'm i think it was the shining the shining because my dad my dad was a huge fan of that one and he bless him he trusted me both my parents trusted me, but like, but like my dad really believed when I would like look him in the eyes and say, I'm ready for this. Yeah. Um, he didn't think I was, you know, blowing smoke up his ass. He didn't think, you know, th- that uh, fast forward a couple hours, this kid pissed the bed and is right. crying and now is going to be sleeping between him and his wife that night. Yeah. Like I was fine. Like yeah. nothing rattled me. Yeah. Uh, so he he immediately like cranked it up to like a disturbing ten and goes, "Let's watch The Shining." Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think you'll get a kick out of this. And of course, you know, at seven, eight years old, I don't understand the whole thing. Sure. But enough of it left, uh, you know, a tattoo in my eyes and my brain, and right. and uh, you know, you, you go to school and you start quoting Jack Nicholson lines and and the the whole speech when he's 
chasing Wendy up the stairs and she's yeah. swinging the bat at him. I'm I'm doing that. Yeah. And you know, none of my friends know what I'm talking about, but the teachers <laughs> are right. probably probably talking amongst themselves in the yeah. lounge. Like, yeah. oh they're call- that, they're boy, call- that boy yeah. comes from <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. And they're that calling boy comes from a troubled home. Right. They're calling human services immediately. I uh I had the same Di- sort of Dyphus. I had the same sort of you know uh thing happen to me when I was a little kid. Uh, I started watching horror at a very, very, very young age, and um, but for me, uh, the, the the kind of thing that you're talking about, my dad, and my parents didn't care about anything. They would take me to R-rated movies when it was completely inappropriate, and I think I've told you this before. My my dad, my dad and I went to go see The Exorcist when I was eight. I was eight, and I saw it in the theater on the big screen at the Gateway, which is now the Copernicus Hell Center. Yeah. At the Copernicus Center, that's where I saw it, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, it freaked me out, scared the shit out of me. And it was one of those movies because at that point, my dad was taking me to see everything. But my parents went to see The Exorcist because back in, when The Exorcist came out, and I know you know this because you know your shit. When that movie opened, uh, there were lines around the block. There were people waiting for two hours to see the movie. It was not just a big movie. It was uh, a cultural tidal wave. Um, and people were waiting for hours. And everybody went to see it. And so my mom and dad went to see it first. And my mom said, look, I know you take our kid to see... Because my mom, when they got home, every light was on in the apartment. Like, they, my mom could not sleep for three days. She was fucking terrified by the exorcist. Like, it traumatized her. And she forbade my dad and said, you cannot take our kid to see this movie. You can't. I know you've taken him to see all these other R-rated movies and all this other shit. You can't take him to see it. So I kept bothering him. My dad's like, all right, I'll take you. And he took me on the, on the sly. <laughs> and we did not tell my mom and he took me to see it. I'm eight years old. I see the exorcist and it freaks me out. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. And I'm clearly the only kid in class who'd seen it. Um, so I was like a hero. And, and then, and the weird thing is Matt years later, like 30 years later, maybe, uh, maybe even longer than that. I'm on the radio telling this story on the air. My mom is listening and did not know. <laughs> and then like, my dad, she said she's listening to the to me on the radio telling the story, and she looks at my dad and goes, "You took him to see The Exorcist without you know what I mean?" And and he was in the fucking doghouse like thirty five years later because it, it, the secret got out. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking. Did about. he send you a text that night like you dick? <laughs> it's like, like you, you asshole? No, I because because I, I call my fo- <laughs> I call my folks every day. My my folks are older now, so I call them every day and. uh and like he would always be like, "You're an asshole for telling that story on the air." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, man. I, I apologize. I didn't realize that. You know, like 40 years after the fact, my mom was going to get mad at you. I didn't realize that. But like, I remember watching. I didn't know that I raised. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that I raised a rat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what my father said. Like, no, you, you know, what's the matter with you? Um, but like for me, you know, when I was little, the horror thing was what really struck out for me, and I remember vividly. The one movie that I remember watching, and I'd watched all the universal, you know, horror stuff on Creature Features and all that stuff. The original Sven Gulli before Rich and all this stuff. But for me, the one that got me and the one that remains like the one that will always be the movie that grabbed me by the throat and said, you will love horror movies for the rest of your life, was the horror of Dracula, uh, the Hammer movie with um, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Christopher Lee, yeah. And, and Peter Cushing became my hero and still is. And I thought he was just like the coolest motherfucker in the world. I, put, I started wearing scarves because he wore scarves as, as Van Helsing and shit. So I'd walk around wearing a scarf. I'm like four or five years old. And I, why are you wearing a scarf? It's July. Because Van Helsing wears a scarf. Shut up, you know. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. I have a, uh, a sticker that I turned into a magnet 
on my refrigerator of Peter Cushing. Oh man, uh, because he's one of my favorite of all time. He's my hero, man. I've got a, uh, I've got a, a bust of of him with the candlesticks doing the crucifix on my coffee table. Oh, it's I. He's. Sick. I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. You'll love it. Uh, but anyway, so we got. You know, we both got into it at a very young age. And then, uh, so movies were always a part of it. What is your, do you have a favorite movie? This is, uh, let's get this out of the way before we jump into William Castle. Do you have a favorite movie? N- genre be damned, whatever it is. What's the first one? I know this is Im- almost impossible to ask, but do you have a favorite film? It is an impossible question to answer, but the question does still arise from time to time. And instead of going into like a long, uh, soliloquy about feelings and moods and this for that and that for this i will just narrow it down and say it's the thing because Mm. the thing has a it has a perfect beginning it has a perfect ending it has a perfect score uh i love living inside of that world for the runtime yeah. Um, the all of the themes of like paranoia and and betrayal. Uh, it it it's a movie that I know the movie beat for beat, yeah. and I still find myself if like too much time goes by, uh, I'll put that movie on and still like find myself hoping that something different will happen. Right. It's like, fun, I, get, it's, I get that's a movie that you can get caught up in and uh, be surprised at infinite amount yeah. of times because yeah. it is just so perfectly well, created. See, this is why you and I get along so well, Matt. <laughs> I, you know how I feel about Carpenter. And uh, and, you know, when yeah. when you guys ran the thing last year in April for that week, um, I went six of the seven nights um, in a row. Um, I missed one night and I was pissed that I missed the one night and I went six of the seven nights. And last year when you missed the best night, I, yeah, I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I have no doubt that I did. And, uh, and then last year when, you know, uh, you know, the 40th anniversary happened and they did like the fathom events and all that other stuff. I went to all of them and I know that fathom events are something to be leery about. We've, we can talk about this, you know, at some other time for reasons why fathom events can be shaky at best but i went anyway because it's the thing and what what's amazing to me and i know you know this matt when that movie came out it bombed like it fucking bombed it was a huge bomb and it almost ended carpenter's career and uh and then like now everybody oh it's a masterpiece well where the fuck were you guys in 1982 when it you know like (laughs) suddenly it's amazing um i interviewed carpenter at, at the flashback horror convention um, I did his Q&A and hung out a little bit with him, which is a fucking dream come true. And this was 2012. So it was the 30th anniversary of the film. And we screened it at the Rosemont Theater there when it was the movie co. And then he introduced it and everything. We talked about it. And he talked about how he's astonished at the popularity and how people are finally getting it. It only took all this time for people to finally get it. Um, but that movie tanked and Blade Runner tanked. They were both out the same summer. And I, here's, what I, here's who I squarely blame. Do you know who I squarely blame for that? For Blade Runner and, and The Thing, both now masterpieces of science fiction or any genre. But who's, here's who who's I blame. Fault? Fucking E.T. Fuck him and his flying bicycles and all that shit. Because everybody wanted all happy E.T. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and here's these two movies, these two very dark and relatively depressing but insanely beautiful science fiction movies that tanked because everybody didn't, nobody wanted that. And the other movies that were making money that year were like Officer and the Gentleman. Oh, it's a lovely love story and up where we belong. Fuck off. I wanted the thing. I wanted to see that more. So, but anyway, but, but uh, yeah, the thing. I mean, you can't go wrong with that movie. It's a goddamn masterpiece, man. It's a No, that's as when when I started like riding a bike around my town like every single day after school uh, again back to the aforementioned point like I wanted agency as fast as possible I was probably like you know 9 and like riding my bike all over until like the last moment that I was allowed to stay out and yeah. and even then I was coming home late every single night yeah. Um, you know, sorry, mom, but there was this movie store in my town. It was like part of a pharmacy and I got really close with the guy who ran the movie store and mm-hmm. they had this amazing deal. It was, you know, VHS tapes. Uh, it, it was the 10 for 10 for 10 deals, 10 tapes for 10 days for $10. Wow. And wow. all all of my expendable income, you know, that I'm making at, at 10, 11, 12, yeah. 13 years yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, washing dishes and, and, and doing little things around the house, like pretending to be helpful, but it's all, you know, for uh, my own, my own reasons. Yeah. I just wanted money to rent movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I would, I would go there, I'd load up my backpack with VHS tapes. And then I would come home and I'd get to work. And the thing was in there. Yeah. And this guy was renting me R-rated movies at, you know, I was probably sure. like 12, sure. 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, but like he, we had a really good rapport with one another. And he, I think he liked talking to me about movies more than he liked talking to his kids about it. Like I don't think his kids gave shit. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, 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 here's yeah. this kid who is his kid's age. Like I went to school with them. Yeah. And, and I would go in there and like talk shop with him, like pretending that I work there. And he was like, all right, you know what? I can look the other way and I can rent you these movies. You're I, right. I sure. know, yeah. I know that your mom's not going to come in here, like holding you by the ear <laughs> and uh and, right. and like read me the riot act right so yeah the, the first That's... time that i saw the thing and alien and you know you know yeah. all, so... all the carpenter precinct 13 like all that stuff was yeah. from this guy in uh well, god maple bless shade, him, new jersey maple shade new jersey god bless him. what was his name do you remember his name uh his name was frank frank all right there you go so frank, frank thank you and uh, it's it's interesting. You get you know it's, it's, there's nothing quite like it. Like getting home, you're like 12 or 13 or something. I was I was much I was I was older when the VHS thing hit. You know, um, and uh, so I I wasn't like a kid. I was I was like when the VHS when we got our first VHS player, I was 17 probably or 16, 16. Um, and uh, anytime you would come home with the video nasties back in the 80s, that was always a, that was always a, a dream come true. You know what I mean? Like all of those fucking movies. And watching them all, the straight-to-video stuff and all that. I mean, uh, yeah, insane. But, you know, it's all paid like a off. badge of honor. It is. It's all paid off now because you're dangerously climbing up to the, to, to the ceiling of the music box or crawling underneath 
the music box um, <laughs> theater uh, to set up stuff so that you can scare the shit out of people who are coming in to see uh, House on Haunted Hill. Now, House on Haunted Hill, before we jump into what's happening on Wednesday, June 7th at 7 o'clock, Thursday, June 8th at 9.30 p.m., House on Haunted will, Hill will be shown in the uh, big, beautiful theater at the music box on 35 millimeter and in Emerjo, which we will get to. This is a William, famously a William Castle film uh, production direction. Uh, and for people who might not know, I know that you've been reading a book about William Castle and that because you're a film geek like I am, you obviously know who he is. For the people who might not know who William Castle is, what would you say is the best way to describe him and what he did and his movies? Give me a little, a little, a little uh, uh, education on, uh, for people who might not know about William Castle. William Castle was a feature director for uh, Columbia for a while, uh, just kind of like a gun for hire, working for Harry Cohn. Um, they had him making, you know, pictures in 10 days, a lot of film noir, crime capers. Um, he was super ambitious just to get his foot in the door. He would do anything. Um he was not above dirty tricks and misdirections just to like get in the room with people uh, to, you know, be even considered for projects. Um, yeah. But after a while, you know, just like anything, uh, once you develop those muscles, you get the craving to kind of do something different. And he wanted to go out on his own and he wanted anything that was associated with a William Castle picture to, he wanted it to be an experience. He wanted it to be this immersive world. He was a showman at heart. This was a carnival barker. Uh, this was a guy who he made the theaters that his movies would play in. They were akin to a, a carnival or a haunted house. He, would take out newspaper ads and let people know that, you know, the movie itself is going to transcend the screen and find its way into the theater that you're watching it inside of. You know, all sorts of very vague language uh, to, you know, vamp up the, the excitement level and, and make people understand that this is not going to be a standard trip to the pictures, something different is going to happen. It's, right. uh, you know, uh, the, the other day I was, I was, I was riding my bike and I was thinking, you know, it's not that different. I saw people leaving uh, Wrigley field and they all had uh, like a little box. You know, I, I know that it was, it was clearly like a bobblehead day. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, baseball is baseball. It's still awesome no matter what, but people show up for bobblehead day. They gotcha. always have, they yep. always will, because yep. it's slightly different. There's a little bit more show to the whole thing. And mm -hmm. that's what William Castle did in spades. He, um, he for the, the Tingler, he got a whole bunch of wholesale uh, airplane wing de-icer motors uh, from the military. He bought them all wholesale and then rigged up theaters across America, uh, you know, put them underneath the seats. And uh, the end of the film, when the Tingler escapes into the movie theater and Vincent Price is 
yelling over the the PA system that everyone has to scream for their lives uh, and that the, the tingler is is loose and is you know running amok inside of the theater. Yeah. They would have a projectionist push a button, and all of those de-icer motors would start vibrating and clanging on the seats, and people would feel it. It would like send a jolt up their ass, yeah. and and the noise on the metal is just so scary, and it's like what an atmosphere that you've yeah. created. That, yeah. That's you know you can watch a horrifying film, and it can affect you in a very singular way. Because it's art, and you know the same thing with like music. You know, you, you you absorb it, and then you process it the way that y- you do. But with a castle film, it was more about the group experience, like the catharsis, the the therapeutic act of everyone screaming together, and then that scream turning into collective laughter. Right. It's, you know, like like when you walk through a haunted house in October and, and you're clinging to your group of like three, four people because uh, you expect the next jump scare to happen. Someone jumps out and, 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 and grabs somebody and you all tense up and scream and then every, and then immediately everybody starts laughing. Right. And like, what a release. Yeah. That, it's, it, I, I, that's something that I, I notice that every single year because uh, – slut for haunted houses i love them and that's why the william castle thing just it works for me i i love a show and that's what that's what he used to do and that's what he did by the way i do want to mention um morgan and jeremy uh are the the co-programmers uh of this particular uh event uh morgan worsinski uh and uh and jeremy martyr um legends they are fantastic, and they are another. They are another pair of people that I end up, you know, talking to till they go. Nick, shut up! Uh, shut the fuck up! I gotta leave. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Um, and they, they are they are responsible for saying, "Hey, let's do this." They picked House on Haunted Hill. They're they're the programmers, and they they are also uh, people that are at the Music Box. Um, and then, like you decided, well, man, I'm gonna make a merge happen. And I have seen you and talked, seen you specifically do it and talk to you about some of the stuff you're doing and you are setting up the theater so that it becomes this fully immersive horror experience. Um, uh, and I've seen some of the stuff that you've done and you've put in a ton of work uh, for people who might not be uh, really quickly for people who might not be familiar with William Castle in general, if you want to get a, 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 a feel for the guy and at least a nostalgic feel for it, Joe Dante made this um, amazing film called matinee, um, which Again, did not do well at the box office, but it's a great film. And John Goodman plays a version of William Castle, uh, William Castle-esque character. Um, and if you've not seen the movie Matinee, you should check it out. It's out there. It's available online. You can get it streaming. I'm sure you can get it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And it's a great, wonderful, really sweet, nostalgic movie about that, about this guy who wants to give everybody a huge show, especially the kids. And they, he wants to give something besides the movie, but everybody has to have something that they, he wants everybody to remember the experience of being in the theater and sharing it with all the weird, crazy shit that happens in the theater and all that stuff. And you mentioned Tingler. And there were other, thing, other things like you would go to a William Castle movie and you'd walk into the lobby and there'd be women. He'd hire women. Uh, sometimes people that he knew would be dressed up as n- nurses and you would have to sign like an insurance form in case you died of a heart attack, you know, during the movie. And you would sometimes. That was like, his first film. Yeah. Would, uh, tell his us a first little bit film, about that. He was. He was- he was petrified that uh, the first film that he produced on his own 
outside of the shadow of Harry Cohn in Columbia, um, he mortgaged his home and mm-hmm. he, he jumped up in bed one night and, you know, sweating and exclaims to his wife, I'm going to uh, go to Lloyd's of London because they'll insure anything. And I'm going to insure the world against death by fright. Right. So if anybody <laughs> drops dead watching my movie, their uh, benefactor will right. get $1,000. And, and it's like just that. Like like no one, no one wants to be the person who dies watching a film, but – I'm damned if I'm not kind of enticed at the concept of going and seeing if <laughs> right. someone else will die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe yeah. someone with a weaker disposition than myself yeah. will just it, croak, and I'll and I'll, I'll get to see someone get paid. <laughs> right, and that's part of like the showmanship that was involved in everything he did, and also. Uh, talk uh, a little bit, Matt, about like his appearances in the movies. Like he would show up like in the middle of a movie or at the end of a movie or at the, and, and most famously at the beginning of the movie, like, Hi, I'm and he'd have his, he'd have his cigar and all that stuff. Talk a little bit about his appearances and what he used to do in the films that he made. So in a handful of the, you know, castle directed and produced films, um, homicidal is one. Um, Sardonicus. Uh, Sardonicus. Yeah, Mr. Sardonicus. Yeah, there are these little moments where, um, much like Alfred Hitchcock or the Crypt Keeper, uh, he would the, the 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 entire picture would fade in to William Castle sitting at his desk, you know, doing something, writing, uh, or or one time he's like crocheting. At the beginning of homicidal, right. uh, and, he, and he and he accidentally pricks his finger and starts sucking the blood and gets excited that there's blood, which is hilarious. Uh, it's a great way to start the whole show off. But uh, he had this warm, fatherly, cozy, comforting kind of presence uh, that was such a, a, a an oddly perfect juxtaposition to the you know the chilling movies that he set out to make yeah uh he he, he comes in and, and and like warmly uh welcomes you to like, like sit down and watch a tale of terror and there's you know when it comes to just like guilty pleasures and oddly satisfying sensations there there's few like william castle's big mug Smoking yeah. a cigar and yeah. smiling through it, telling you to like you know hunker down and uh, let me take you on a journey. Right. Well, let's talk about House on Haunted Hill. That's the one that you're showing, and it's going to be in Emerjo. Um, first of all, explain what, what how William Castle uh, described, or the you know the producers and everybody involved described Emerjo. What exactly is Emerjo? So Emerjo was one of the castle gimmicks uh, that was uh, first advertised in in all the print media and then, you know, made its way up onto the marquees of the theaters across America that were going to be playing the film. And it was a promise that uh, the film itself would leave the screen and emerge into the theater. 
<laughs> you would you would actually be uh, you would you would make contact with the film, and uh, should I? Well, say what it was. Well, so I don't want to give. I don't, do that, I don't do... want to give too. I don't want to give too much away. But it 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 involves like stuff happening in the theater. Like it wasn't just you sitting in a movie theater, passively watching a movie. Some shit goes down in the theater and interacts with the audience. Uh, that is completely extra to what you see on the screen. And what you see on the screen, House on Haunted Hill, is a perfectly entertaining, wonderful B movie with a fantastically entertaining uh, performance by by Vincent Price. Um, and there's some great scares. It's got one of the greatest jump scares in film history, as far as I'm concerned. Like, lit- legitimately, one of the sk- one of the greatest jump scares in. F- it's like right up there with like Exorcist three in terms of like jump scare quality. And 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 on top of that, it's incredibly entertaining as a movie, and it's fun to watch on video and at home. But if you can see it in a big theater, especially a, a theater that's as grand and huge and old as the Music Box, and have emergeo happen where stuff comes off the screen, where shit happens in the theater, where you are actively involved. Uh, and it's a very, you know, to use a, a, a term that's used a lot, it's a very theatrical experience. Um, you know, it's like it's a combination of going to see a really great B movie and live theater. And that's what makes it so special and what makes it so cool. And that's what Emerjo is. And you've been working your ass off to make some of the gags that you guys are going to do, some of the really cool shit that's going to happen inside the theater to the audience happen. Um, and you've been working, you've been working really hard on this, uh, Matt. I've been talking to you about this. You've been putting in putting in a lot of extra hours and getting stuff ready so that Emerjo turns out to really knock the audience on their ass. Yeah, it it, it matters to me very much that it's done correctly. Um, I, you know, I, I told you at the beginning of our conversation, the palpable enthusiasm is my favorite thing in the entire world. And, um, I don't know. That's just kind of how I, I try to exist is to just like remain crazily enthusiastic about everything and to not take shortcuts and to, you know, make sure that I'm always saying yes to things that make experiences, um, you know, for myself Mm -hmm. or for my friends or for everyone uh a little bit different a little yeah. bit more special than than they would have been otherwise because like playing the movie that would be cool yeah it's an awesome movie it would be a it great is. experience to watch in a room full of people but if you can do it correctly mm-hmm. if you can set up all of the gags and the gimmicks and the gadgetry and really like put in those hours and test everything and make sure that it's not going to be janky or that it's going to misfire because the first handful of times that Castle did Emerjo in theaters in 1959, um, the primary gag, like it, it flopped, it, it, yeah. it stopped working halfway through and he was livid and, and, yeah. you know, there was all this reworking that I do and, you know, about like, Two weeks into the run, it was a smooth operation, but we only have two shows, and right. I want to make sure that the two shows are flawless. I want to make sure that they are perfect and that people walk away thinking, damn, you know what? Like, that was very unique. I'm not going to forget that for a long time. And 
this is the time to start doing weird shit when in like an exhibition format. Like people are starting to become more and more, um, you know, open to just coming out on a regular basis again. And, uh, you know, I think changing people's habits is, um, is just a matter of like, killing the inertia that already right. exists like if if, yeah. if a person doesn't make a habit of going out to see a show or to see theater or to see live music or to go to a restaurant on a regular basis if you get them to come out once twice it becomes all the more likely that they will start coming back on a regular basis yeah. it just becomes yeah. a new habit for them yeah. and if you can promise them something more than just the movie, it's it's a movie, but it's also a memory. Then, yeah. by yeah. God, like I, I, well, I'd be enticed. I think that's. I think that that's. I, you know, I think you've kind of summed up a lot of what the music box has been doing over the past couple of years, and that is bringing people back by doing things that are unique. By having special guests and having special festivals. I mean, you know, uh, the Oscar bait guys just did a fantastic week long uh, Robert Zemeckis film festival. I was there every fucking night, you know, and uh, and that's you don't see that all the time. I mean, you know, how, how many times do you get to see used cars in 35 millimeter twice in one week? I, I don't know <laughs> that to me, that's enough for my ass to come out, but to actually have like a real life haunted theater, like really, Hey, you want to go to a, a, a haunted house during the Halloween? Well, here's a 90 minute, extremely entertaining movie. You're also going to combine with live haunted house activity. Um, and that's what they call Emerjo. And to do that kind of stuff, you guys have been doing it and kicking it and knocking it out of the park, man. Uh, what's been happening at the music box and you're, and you know, the houses are showing that, I mean, you guys are getting huge houses for stuff that you're doing and, and I know you're going to have a big house for this. And, and I want everybody who's listening to this to get your tickets. Cause it's Wednesday, June 7th at seven o'clock and Thursday, June 8th at nine 30 PM. Uh, you can get your tickets at musicboxtheater.com. They're on sale right now. It's house on haunted Hill with Vincent price. Uh, the William Castle Spectacular in Emerjo, all kinds of great in the theater gags and scary shit happening to you in the theater, uh, including a legendary gag that is closely associated with the movie. It's in 35 and it's at the Music Box Theater and, uh, and everybody has to come out. And, um, and I was just, I, I do want to mention that I was there, you, got, you and Morgan were there that night when I came uh, after seeing uh, a bad movie, if I remember correctly. I went to a, to a screening of a bad movie and then I came to the Music Box and you showed me <laughs> One of the gags you guys are going to do, kind of the big gag, you gave me a little uh, a treat for that. I went up to the balcony and I saw how you were running it and what was behind it and some of the technical shit that you guys are going to do while the scary, crazy shit is happening to the audience in the theater. And, and what you mentioned before was this enthusiasm. And just watching you and Morgan, like, get so excited. <laughs> and this was just like, just a, just a quick dry run, if that. And you guys were just beside yourselves with excitement when it worked. And I can't imagine within the context of the movie, within hundreds of people in that theater uh, and that gag working right when that movie is happening and the audience screaming and laughing, uh, you guys are going to go through the roof. And I can't wait to see you guys afterwards because it's going to be it's going to be so much fun to talk to you guys after this whole thing happens. Um, I'm excited for you guys. So I'm I'm simultaneously uh, in a state of I can't wait for it to happen. Because yeah. of what you just said, like, I can't wait to 
see everybody's <laughs> reaction and just like the rise that is uh you know gotten from the entire room of people yeah. and yet at the same time i am dreading uh june 9th when they're both done and yeah. and it, it it's it's akin to you know if you were uh doing a, a run of a show yeah and I, I know exactly the final week yeah. comes along and and yep. and and you you have everything down all of your blocking yep. all of your theater effects yep. uh and 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 it becomes this well-oiled machine and and you love the show every single night yep. and then eventually you it's have to end. close yep. the curtain for the final time and it yep. has to be done and you got to move on uh, but i i hope that this is the beginning of lots of utilization of the theater space as a immersive yeah world well, where people who come to see movies they can they can kind of live inside of the movie for a little while well i think that this honestly matt i think this is going to be the first of many because i i've no doubt in my mind that with you guys uh in charge uh you know with you working your ass off on all the technical stuff to make sure that all the inner workings and the gags work for the audience. And with Morgan and Jeremy, uh, you know, and their enthusiasm for this, it's people like you guys that, that make the, the music box a special place. I have no doubt in my mind that on Wednesday and on Thursday during the, this uh, house on haunted Hill, the crowd's going to go ape shit. It's going to go nuts. And this will be the first time you guys do it in many times. I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind. And I, I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be so happy to be there. I'm going, I'm coming on Thursday. I'm coming Thursday night on the 8th. So, uh, but tickets are available now Wednesday, June 7th at 7 p.m., Thursday, June 8th at 9.30 p.m. It's the great Vincent Price horror film, House on Haunted Hill, in beautiful 35 millimeter and in Emerjo, where the entire theater becomes alive like a haunted house. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. I'm glad we had a chance to, to talk a little bit on my, on, on my podcast. So this is what I do, actually, Matt, when I'm not bothering you guys at the theater. I do this. So that's just so you know. <laughs> I'm not it's just not a bad way to live. <laughs> well, it is financially, but other than that, it's pretty good. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, well, listen, Matt. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, my friend. I will yeah. see you this week. I will be there. And uh, so, yeah, Matt, uh, Matt Carr. Thanks, buddy. Manager at the Music Box Theater again. House on Haunted Hill in Emerjo. Make sure you, you know, if you have a Emerjo, Emerjo, if you have like, uh, you're going to, you're going to be doing a, you're going to be doing a lot of this. Ah! That's what's going to be happening a lot. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be happening a lot. So, and then I'll just keep talking until everybody says, God damn it, Nick. That's enough. All right. So, uh, all right, Matt, hang on for a second. Okay, Matt. Okay. All right. I'm going to throw it to uh, that's Matt Carr. He's with the Music Box Theater. Check out musicboxtheater.com to get your tickets for Wednesday, June 7th, and Thursday, June 8th. House on Haunted Hill in Emerjo. You'll never survive unless you take out your insurance policy. Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, throw it over to my good friend, Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Yeah. 
That's right. It's the Esmeralda theme song. That means Esmeralda Leon is here. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm all right. You uh, got plans for the for the weekend? Um, not really. Just gonna hang out, try not to melt. Yeah, I guess it's gonna get it. Well, I guess it's gonna get into the eighties. Uh, it was yesterday. Man, it was warm yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't like it. <laughs> just, I don't like the hot weather. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't agree with me. But I guess you know. I mean, people enjoy it, so good. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Let everybody en- <laughs> let everybody enjoy their hot weather. Good for them. All right, cool. Um, well, uh, you know, I was just talking with uh, Matt Carr at the Music Box mm-hmm. um, about this movie, House on Haunted Hill, um, that William Castle made, and they're going to do all kinds of crazy, scary stuff in the theater while it's being screened. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that should be that should be fun. Uh, you're not a now. We've talked about horror movies before. You just don't. I mean. You like them, but you don't like them. What was? What is it about? Yeah, the- I don't really actively seek them out. Um, I'll watch them every once in a while, but I'm not, you know, waiting for the next big scary movie to come out or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this one is just like if you go to this, it's more. You know, I mean, it's such a goofy ass movie. You know. Um, yeah. And some of the stuff that's going to be happening in the theater is just going to be a blast. Um, I think you'd have a great time um, uh, checking it out. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. They just don't do that kind of stuff now. You don't go see like a new screen mm-hmm. movie and Ghostface doesn't run out from the screen and stab everybody. That doesn't happen. True. Only in the movie. <laughs> in the movie. That that's happen. right. That's right. In the movie, <laughs> there is a chance that someone is going to come out from behind the screen. Doesn't Jada Pinkett get stabbed right in front of the screen? Yeah. In, in Scream yeah. 2, if I remember uh, if I remember my screams correctly. Because mm-hmm. there's, been, there's been six of them now. That's... I didn't even know there was six of them. Yeah, they just released one this year. Number six was this year, and they got um, um, and I hated it. Um, and I like the first four. I even back the fourth one. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't even back the fourth one. I like the fourth one. Um, the fifth one was really bad, and the sixth one was really bad as well. The fifth, the last two were just awful. Mm. Um, proving basically that if Wes, because Wes Craven has passed away, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So proving without a shadow of a doubt that uh, if Wes Craven isn't making the Scream movies, they suck. <laughs> so that's it. He's dead. The series should be dead as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they, um, I mean, if you can keep it going, I guess. Uh, I don't and people know. are, listen, the last one made a ton of money and, uh, you know, people like it. I mean, there were, there were a, lot of, a lot of horror film fans. I was on the, you know, like uh, this, these past few big horror movies, or not big, but horror movies i'm kind of uh you know i'm not i'm not agreeing with my tribe lately esmeralda with my horror oh tribe. boy we might have some issues at flashback people might come up and hit me um <laughs> because i hate that fucking terrifier movie with the art the clown mm-hmm. i hate it i think it's inept and shit and not scary and as dumb and as bad a horror movie as you can possibly get and people love it and there's going to be eight people from that movie at flashback you know, and, and the the big mm-hmm. a big Terrifier two reunion, the Terrifier reunion, and the and all the people who are coming love that, and the people who everybody is like, oh, it's great, and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't get it. In the last two Scream movies, no, um, I didn't like Barbarian. Everybody loved Barbarian. I thought Barbarian sucked. So, but there is coming. Uh, there is one coming out next week, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no! Come on, sorry. It opens today. It opens today. Oh, 
And it's uh, The Boogeyman, which is based on the Stephen King short story. Oh, okay. Uh, and it stars our old friend David Desmalchin. Oh, um, that's nice. He's got a small role in it, and it's about this boogeyman who infiltrates the house of this widower and his two daughters. Mm-hmm. And it's scary as shit. It's really creepy and really scary and really well acted. I thought it was great. And I went with really low expectations, you know, because you think, you know, oh, God, I mean, what's what it's going to be 50 50 Stephen King adaptation because he's written 17,000 books and stories, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and some of them turn out good. Some of the adaptations turn out good and scary. And and a lot of them, a lot of them are terrible. Um, but this one's good, man. It's creepy. It's scary. It's 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 about something like it's really about grief and death and dealing with it, and it's creepy. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, Esmeralda, this is another sort of uh, a taboo—not a taboo, but a strike against it—is it's PG thirteen. Okay. And a lot of horror fans, a lot of the hardcore horror fans, who we'll all see together in August again. Uh, they immediately, when they hear PG-13, they're like, oh, it's going to suck. You know, they immediately, like, the I mean, hardcore. yeah. That's not the case with this one, That's man. how it's... I usually, yeah, I usually see that. I go, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not the case with this one. It's really, really creepy and really good. Mm. Uh, so that one comes out today. That's out today in theaters. That's The Boogeyman. And it's real. I, I highly recommend it. Very, very creepy and very, very scary. Um, and then there's another one that comes out in August that we'll talk more about as we get closer. And uh, I talked to you about it because I saw it at the Chicago uh, uh, Critics Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a movie called Birth, Rebirth, Birth slash Rebirth. And I met the director, Laura Moss, and they are going to be on the podcast. Had a great time with them and uh, love the movie. And and that's R-rated, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely R-rated. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, yeah, scary stuff. Uh, oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Uh, hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie hi. Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, Esmeralda, she's wearing a Boogeyman t-shirt. Oh, wow. So she's all ready. She's ready for did it. She, uh, did she print it herself, or is this official she, merchandise? No, I think she, because you know, as you know, we've, we've discussed this. She does have a print shop for T-shirts on the back porch right outside my door. Right. Uh, or was so, she hired? She might have been hired to do the official <laughs> merchandise. hired to do the official merchandise uh, for it. I wonder if she did the, uh, did, did, uh, Carrie, did you do the uh, T-shirts for Cocaine Bear? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, she just hold, held up a sign that said, shut the fuck up, Nick. So, okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, oh Carrie. wow. All right, Carrie. All Sore right. spot for her. Wow. Yes, because she knows I didn't like cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all has right. the the printing press has the printing machine been busier than usual? It's been busy and it's warm out, so it's really steamy out on the back. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Back porch. Poor she's Carrie. Got this, she's got those d- decals and the steam. You know, it's uh, yeah. It's a it's interesting. She's working to... hard for no reason because she has money. Because so she no has point. millions of dollars and she's a movie star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. But you know she does it for the love of printing t shirts. She she loves. T- <laughs> she always wanted to have a, a printing t shirt shop. That's what she always wanted. Right. Right. That was. And like, now here's her chance. Here is her. Uh, and her speaking, dreams by the way, fulfilled. I do want to mention. Speaking of great printing uh, t shirt shops, well, you should check out the basement. Custom shirts. Ooh. 
They're at 47, yes. uh, 23 South Ashland. They did my shirts uh, for this podcast, and they will do more for me. They do custom vinyl shirts, uh, screen printing, airbrushing. They're a tailor shop. They have women's and ladies' and men's clothing. Um, yeah, and you can uh, 773-247-5559. That's the basement. And uh, Ron and Jackie, a lovely couple, run that place. And they did a great job on our T-shirts, on the Nick D Podcast mm-hmm. T-shirts. Yeah, they, they were great. They will do a great job on your uh, on your uh, custom uh, T-shirts as well. So make sure you check them out. The basement. Make sure you check them out. And Carrie's, like, uh, giving me the finger because that's competition. She's giving me the finger through my back window. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, you know, she's more... Um... On a different level than them. Yeah. She's, her, so her not quali- really competition, Carrie. No. And her quality is Calm not, down. Quite, not quite as good. Her quality <laughs> is just, quite frankly, it's not quite as good as the basement on Ashland. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, yeah. um, we do have a magic megaphone for, and I know Esmeralda, you love this weird little thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And every week I get more of them and I love them. I want more of them. Keep them coming. Leave your voicemail message at 773-417-6948 or your email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Leave a story, a joke, a statement. You want me to record something into the Magic Megaphone. It's a joke just specifically for you or a statement or whatever. And our latest one comes from Diane, and she's in Hammond, Indiana. Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And I will play it. This one's self-explanatory. Because, you know, sometimes I play these and, we, and you don't kind of understand them. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. sometimes they're hard to understand. Like this. Get that coat out of my face! We had a little... <laughs> kind of a hard time, uh, you know, completely under- understanding what that was. Uh, but we figured it out. This one's pretty self-explanatory. It's just something she wanted me to say into the Magic Megaphone, which is something that she just said last week, okay? Yes. Right, here we go. I just saw the first Top Gun. I just saw the first Top Gun. So... I just saw the first Top Gun. So there you go. I just I think saw the first Top Gun. So I think that's self-explanatory. All right, all right. Jesus. <laughs> I think that's self-explanatory, right? Yeah. Um, so I assume you've seen... Have you seen both Top Guns, Esmeralda? I've actually just... Me as well. I just saw a Top Gun probably a month or so ago. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, we had this discussion. So you were, you were um, what is it, 36 years behind. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it came out in 1986. <laughs> um, and was there a reason why you hadn't seen it? Did it just not interest you? I mean, you were just three. Not you were three really. when it came out. You were three mm-hmm. when it came out, so that's one thing. So, but just it wasn't kind of your thing? I mean, I'm, I, funny enough, I haven't really seen many Tom Cruise movies. Mind you, I have seen most of the action ones, so he's kind of skewed action. Yeah. So I may so have seen, the, seen the, most. The Mission Impossible stuff you've seen, the Mission Impossible Yeah. Because those, those, um, those are great movies. Those are great movies. But I haven't seen um, more of the earlier things so, that he's been in. Well, you've seen Risky Business, right? I have not. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Okay. Sorry. I just, I just, it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. I guess. Yeah. I'm, I, okay. All right. Well. All right. I, now you've seen Magnolia. Uh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. God. Jesus Christ. I was going to pass out there for a second. <laughs> um. Uh. So. So the Tom Cruise. The stuff. Like besides the Mission Impossible stuff. Uh. Just wasn't really the Tom Cruise stuff. Wasn't really on your radar. Like you didn't see. Yeah. Seen, I just. You, yeah. Never. Just. I just never got around to watching it. And I finally did. And. 
I'm just, I didn't realize that like Iceman is yeah. not really a bad guy. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, he he's literally a wants. He literally wants safety. Yeah. No, Maverick's a dick. <laughs> Maverick's a dick in in, in it. And uh, we, here's the thing: the the first Top Gun is shit. I uh, and people just I guess they conveniently forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second one's even worse. The second one's the same fucking movie. It's the same movie, um, except more insulting, especially to uh, to Kelly uh, Telly, uh, Kelly McGillis. Yeah, um, um, who does not appear in the new movie because she's old and she's overweight, so they replaced mm. her with Jennifer Connelly. So because you know you can't have a really an old a woman who is actually the a- the age of the character be in there. You know what I mean? Right. And look, and look like a real woman who is in her late like, fifties, early sixties. You can't do that. That's insane. Um, and the, I mean, both of those movies are shit. They're both shit. Um, so, but Diane wa- watched it and she did say that she finally, she just watched it. Here's what she said again. I just saw the That's first so, Top Gun. So not very far from you, Esmeralda. She's only a couple yeah. of weeks past you. Yeah. Um, and she too, according to her email, was not impressed. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm just really like, I thought Iceman was a bad guy. And like, and as I'm watching, I'm just like, this Tom Cruise character is kind of awful. Yeah. He's a dick. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. really wasn't. It was fine. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, really I mean, have no motivation to see the second one. And it's it's interesting because like the way to watch that movie, the way to watch both of those movies, the good things about those movies, and there aren't much good things about those movies because they both suck, especially mm-hmm. the second one, which I think the second, the Maverick movie is one of the worst movies of last year. One of the absolute worst movies of last year. But the only reason to see them is because of the the flight sequences and the flying scenes because they're really greatly, they're really greatly shot, especially in the second one. And it's great to see them on the big screen with a loud sound. If you can see them in IMAX or the Dolby theater where it shakes and shit, mm-hmm. at, at least you'll get that. You know what I mean? Like you, you won't get a good movie. You'll get a piece of shit movie, but at least it'll be distracting and loud and the airplane stuff will be cool. <laughs> but to watch it at your house, like you watched it in your apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's not you know that makes the movie even dumber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even the stupidest shit is you know is exemplified because you're not watching it in the theater, being distracted by the sounds and noise. Yeah. So, but anyway, but uh, yeah, Diane was not impressed. She too was not impressed and not yeah. excited. Doesn't same really... Diane. There same. you go. There you go. You guys are in the same. You guys are in the same. Your your thoughts, in fact, about the Top Gun movies? Who I... cares? I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was dating a girl. I took I took her to see that movie. We had just started mm-hmm. dating. We were dating for about I don't know, 3 weeks a month or something. Mm-hmm. And I took her to a screening of it. And I remember uh she was like digging her nails into my forearm uh during the volleyball scene because it turned her on so much. She was like like literally like oh, like digging her nails into the, in, into my forearm. Good lord. Like, like take it easy, you know, but you know, so that yeah. Now, did you find that sexy at all when those guys are shirtless eh. and no? Well, they repeat eh. the same scene in the second movie, except they're playing football on the beach, not volleyball. And it's the oh. same. It's yeah, the same I've shit. seen. Yeah, I've seen the yeah. the new volleyball or the yeah the new volleyball yeah, shirtless scene, football. Unquote. Yeah, and they're all out there. Eh. Yeah, who gives a shit? But my the girl that I was dating, she was like very pleased about it. 
Like, I remember she was just, like, grabbing my forearm. I'm like, hey, take it easy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, all right. Well, Diane uh, in uh, Hammond, uh, like you, Esmeralda, finally got around to seeing Top Gun and was like, I, yeah. I could have waited another 36 years. <laughs> yeah. Really uh, didn't need to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you don't need to see the second one. It's even longer, by the way, Esmeralda. It's like a half an hour longer. It's, it's yeah no it's like a half an hour longer and it's and it's a half an hour longer and maybe twice as dumb and the first movie yeah. is really really fucking dumb. I mean honestly towards the end I have no idea what's happening. I kind of nope. just yeah. Yeah. No that's just when my brain just went meh. <laughs> no, but you know what that's the proper response cuz it's it's shit. <laughs> the the proper response to that movie after like an hour and 45 minutes you're just kind of like man I can't I can't I don't want to deal with this crap anymore and it's so, by the way also Esmeralda you know it took so long for you to see it then you must have because back in the day when you saw it in 1986 it was hip you know mm. what I mean and cutting edge and now it's so fucking 80s like have you <laughs> oh yeah I mean, very yeah <laughs> Like to the point where it's just like hilariously and, you know, kind of representing everything that was tacky and corny and stupid about the 80s. That's all in there. You know, but back in 1986, when we all saw it for the first time, it was like, oh, it's cutting edge and cool. And it was very MTV ish, you know. Yeah, I, I had issues with like him trying to chase Kelly McGillis. I'm just like, leave that woman alone. Yeah. Boy, you really need to stay away from the second one. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, <laughs> I'm just like, that's technically your teacher. Like, yeah. maybe yeah. you shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, well, it just, didn't. It, that eh. part didn't. That didn't part didn't bother me with, because, you know, because my history with my McDonald's manager, that didn't. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, but no, I mean, you definitely should not see the, 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 the second one. I mean, it's just. Ugh. So anyway. Well, you and Diane completely agree. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if this guy agrees. Michael Bolton. Do you think that, uh, you know, if the movie was made like in 1990, Michael Bolton would have been on the soundtrack, right? Don't you think? If it was made like maybe six, seven years later? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he might have had the song. He might have had the the hit song. Well, there were hit. There were multiple songs on that soundtrack because you had your you had your uh, Danger Zone with uh, with. uh, Kenny Loggins, mm-hmm. who in the 80s, and again, very 80s, who in the 80s, Kenny Loggins had songs, like hit songs on soundtrack. That was his thing. Yeah, be, I would be, think that like if you didn't have Kenny Loggins doing your song, like your movie's yeah. going to be shit. Exactly. <laughs> if you did not have, if in, in the 80s, if you made a movie and Kenny Loggins was not on your soundtrack, it's it was good. Well, it wasn't going to be as nearly as successful because you had, mm-hmm. he had two songs on Caddyshack. You know, he had, I'm all right. That was Kenny Loggins. So he had that. Mm-hmm. He had that. Two songs on Caddyshack. He had uh, Top Gun. He had Danger Zone on Top Gun. Footloose. You know, uh, everybody cut loose. Footloose. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, that almost sounded like my Michael McDonald. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He should have done it. Yeah, because he had Shaw Sweet Freedom. Uh, and that was on the... Uh, Oh shit! Running scared. You remember Running Scared with Billy uh, Crystal and and uh, Gregory Hines as Chicago cops. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they had the big chase scene on the L tracks, where the cars were on the L tracks. Cars were on the L tracks. 
podcast movie. But that's got um, that's got. Oh, it's got that here. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> it's got that in it. So um, yeah, but Kenny Loggins. I mean, he had what else did he have? He had. Because he had Danger Zone. There was another. I think there was two songs on the and and also on Twin or on Twin Peaks. Good God, no! On top of <laughs> that would have been um, Berlin. Uh, yeah, take yeah, my breath away. The, I mean, they had kind of the. I mean, he had Danger Zone, but you know, the but Berlin that was the love song theme. was the the love theme. Yeah, the ballad. Yeah, like the Lady Gaga. They and she does a kind of a Lady Gaga does the love theme on, in this piece of shit in the new one, mm-hmm. and it sounds exactly like the Berlin song because everything is just copied from the yeah. first movie only worse. So now here's the thing. I had known I'd known most of the beats of Top Gun because I have seen Hot Shots. Hot Shots Part And Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Do. I think Hot Shots Part Do is the one where they do the Top Gun. I don't remember. No, 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 Hot it's Shots. It's one of those. No, it's is Hot, it Hot Shots. Shots. Yeah. Hot Shots Part Do, they do more Rambo stuff in it, too. There's more Rambo right, stuff. Right, 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 uh, right. In, in, part, in Part Do. And, 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 but no, no, Hot Shots is full on. Like, uh, yeah. you know, the, the character, the goose character who dies, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't remember what his name is, but it's like Bad Luck or something. And there's the scene where his girlfriend, who, by the way, is, um, uh, is Susan from Seinfeld. Uh, in Hot Shots, Susan oh, from yeah, Seinfeld yeah. is the girlfriend of the guy who dies. And like he, like as he's walking to his plane, if I remember correctly, he walks under a ladder. A black cat runs in front of him. He breaks a mirror. You know, like all the shit. Oh happens yeah. As he, as he walks to the plane before he dies. Yeah, but I can understand. That's right because they follow. Because so so when you were watching Top Gun, you were like, oh wait a minute, they, this is what they were satirizing. Right. I'm like, oh, this is from that. Okay. It probably made you appreciate uh, uh, Hot Shots even more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hot Shots is a much better movie than Top Gun. It's mu- it's much more entertaining than Top Gun. I can tell you that much. Jesus Christ. Uh, and and Lloyd Bridges. Come on, Lloyd Bridges yeah. and Hot Shots. Jesus. <laughs> so funny. But yeah. So uh, uh, you know, I I I would love them to do like a Hot Shots, you know, sequel now since they did Maverick. I mean, Charlie yeah. Sheen is Charlie Sheen is still ar- around, right? He's um, he not working, guess, right? He's yeah. not working. <laughs> I don't know if he's doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boy, remember, I I haven't seen a good parody movie in a minute. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there has been. Well, this new this new movie, The Blackening, which comes out, um, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, is a parody of. Saw slash slasher movies, mm, but okay. from an African American perspective. Okay. Um. So that's a that's a parody movie. Um. It's not a very good one, but it is one. Uh. Boy, what what are some good? Because uh, they remember that uh, period of time in the mid two uh, thousands, like two thousand five through like two thousand ten, when there was like disaster movie and not another teen movie and yeah. Oh, those were terrible. It was a sad time for the parody movie. Unfortunately, yeah. and then the Wayan brothers were doing "Don't Eat, Drink My Juice" in the hood. Remember that one, or don't? Yeah, st- South Central in my hood with the Jew, whatever the. F- remember, remember um, because they did Scary Movie, which the first Scary Movie is very funny. The first right. one is very funny. Well, that's the the um that movie was first. 
Yes. I believe. Yes. And then before, they did the scary movies. Absolutely. They did scary movie and then they had the sequels. But then at that time, it was disaster movie, another teen movie and blah, blah, blah. They all came out after scary movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. also, we had the rash of parody movies that were really awful. Which were the Tyler like, parody they movies? All, no, they... Um, Oh, the parody movies you said. Those, parody. yeah, parody movies. The um, so like they did the three hundred. Oh right, yeah. Um, God, yeah. What was the what? Whoever that guy was, I think he was all the same guy who did them. Yeah, and he was. It was the same guy who did like the disaster movie, all that shit. They were all like the same dudes, uh, made them. But yeah, there was the three hundred parody, which I can't remember what it was called. Um, and it was terrible. Um, yeah. But I mean, to get that specific, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a parody of 300. Why? What? Yeah, it's just not good. Oh, Meet the Spartans. Right. That's what. Oh my God, was that bad? <sighs> like all of those movies are yeah. the worst. Yeah. And there were so many of them, right? I mean, there was like that. It was like the mid 2000s, like 2005 ish, right? For about five years, there was like, man. Uh, not another teen movie. There was disaster movie. There was, um, like you said, Meet the Spartans, and then the Wayans yeah. brothers. Were, the Wayans brothers were continuing to make shit movies. The the like I said, the epic few, movie. Oh, so epic. oh my! They're God. just like they're just tossing in every every movie that had gone that had happened. Yeah, that was popular. Then they just decided to make fun of it. Right, but they didn't in even one do it with, movie, and what, what there was nothing clever about it, like, and and like people, right? Like, and at that point, like, what the, what they did they they thought like having a cameo by like Paris Hilton was funny. Remember, like that it was that mm-hmm. kind of it was that kind of level of humor. There was actually nothing funny written. It was like, oh look, here's Paris Hilton. She's dressed like a Spartan. That's funny. No, it's not. Yeah, it's. Oh, those were bad. Oh, those were bad. So they they did. Here we go. We're gonna um, get a run. We're gonna get a rundown. So of the people who go. the people who are at fault for this is yeah. these two guys named Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. So the movies that they did, they did Spy Hard. So that's where <laughs> with, they started. That's with Liam. Liam with uh, sorry. Uh, with uh, Leslie Nielsen. Les- yeah. Yeah. So they started that in '96, and they did Scary Movie. Okay. Which I remember enjoying Scary Movie. They did Scary Movie, but like. But Keenan uh, Ivory Wayans directed it. They right. they may have they may have co written it, but that's a Wayans movie. So the Wayans yeah that's, they wrote that's... it yeah. Um, so here's but... the thing: so they they wrote Spy Hard and Scary Movie, and then everything else they wrote and directed. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Which where the is, problems come in. Yeah, yeah. Date movie, epic movie, Meet the Spartans, disaster movie, uh, vampires suck. Oh yeah, vampires suck! Oh my god, was that the terrible? Starving <laughs> Games? <laughs> god, there's uh, super fast instead of super bad. No, it like so a... it's just a parody of the Fast and Furious. Oh, movies. Fast and Furious. Okay, I th- I thought they were doing a parody of a comedy. I thought they were. Yeah, doing a... I thought okay. so too, but no. All right, super fast um, is a Fast and Furious. Okay, all right. Yes. And then they did one called Best Night Ever. Um, it just looks like a like a hangover. Oh, okay. All right. So it's a hangover parody. Yeah, but, but okay. it looks like it's a storyline. Like they just switched it. Oh my god. 
Oh yeah. my god. I so mean, there you go. <laughs> one, we'll go through that list one more time, Esmeralda. Just just for I mean, people are making money, I guess. People need yeah. to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they started with Spy Hard. Right. And then Scary Movie, Date Movie, Epic Movie, Meet the Spartans, Disaster Movie, Vampires Suck, <laughs> The Starving Games, Best Night Ever, and then Super Fast. I I don't even re- is anybody in starving games? I don't even Yeah, this I, is where it gets like real Yeah, these are probably B movie. At this point level. they're probably they're probably straight to VOD at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, this probably this definitely yeah, But Star does. who's is any can you look it up? Can you look up who's like in starving There's, games? Oh, that's ridiculous. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, Diedrich Bader is in it. Oh, well, he's in the blackening. Oh my god, he's in the blackening Esmeralda. <laughs> so Diedrich Bader is in it. That's about as uh, big it. name yeah. as it gets. That's it. <laughs> and I like Diedrich Bader, man. I think he's funny. I loved him on Drew Carey. I love him in uh, uh, Office Space. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? He's in Office mm-hmm. Space. Yeah, I love him in that. And uh, wow, but he's in Starving Games. I didn't even know that there was Starving Games. I mean, even yeah. the ti- even the title is not even remotely clever. You know what I mean? Ugh. The starving games. So the Wikipedia says that they, um, so it gives you like the movies that they make fun of. Uh, and so oh, they like do, we can't figure it out. Okay. Right. right. So without watching it. Um, yeah. So of course, Hunger Games, but I guess they parody Avatar, the Avengers, um, Harry Potter stuff, Fast and Furious stuff, The Hobbit, The Expendables, Sherlock Holmes, Money Python, Office Space. So wow, they're all over. They're all over yeah. the place. Yeah, because in in one movie, like in your epic movie or whatever, in these movies, they not just like, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, I, I saw Vampire Suck and that was essentially um, what it started out as was it was a Twilight parody. Yeah. So it's, it yeah. started out as a Twilight parody, but then they it, within those movies, they throw in other but like, it, you know, like within right, of course movies that like within Meet the Spartans, they'll throw in an Avatar joke for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Um, but man, I mean, there's such a difference between that, this kind of shit and the stuff that the Zucker brothers did, the Zucker, Zab- you know, Z-A-Z did. Because mm-hmm. if you look at like Airplane and if you look at something like Top Secret, I mean, I mean, that doesn't get better than that. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. They're yeah. weird and they're brilliant and they're funny. And uh, the Police Squad TV series and the Police Squad movies, the Naked Gun movies, that's funny shit. You know what I mean? Because it's clever. Yeah. These are oh. just what's... Just puts... Yeah. Put somebody These are in just a fa- let's let's throw in what's happening right now. What's happened? Right. What was funny last week? Right, let's right. Do it. It's like ugh. what was what was popular last week, and we'll put like, you know, we'll we'll have a vampire sparkle, and it'll be Paris Hilton, and that'll be the extent of the cleverness of the joke. Right. Oh, Oof. God. Yeah, I'm reading through the through the the um, plot, <laughs> and at some point, of someone which turns one? into uh, in, which the one? Hunger Games parody one. Okay, starving, games. starving. Somebody games. turns into a, a Navi, or they are a Navi from Avatar. Oh, that's Avatar. Okay. <sighs> they oh, uh, at some point send Angry Birds into oh, the arena because <laughs> yeah. That was happening at the time. I just—it's so stupid. <laughs> what are these? Apparently, the Expendables. The Expendables get sent in. Oh, okay. Because the Expendables is mm-hmm. not enough of a parody already. You know what I mean? Like that's—it's right. not. 
but what are these jerk offs oh, names? God. These two jerk offs. What are their names again? Um, uh, Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. <laughs> Couple of jerk offs. So you can right thank there. them for all those movies. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if Esmeralda, if Comedy Central were still showing movies because they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. They'd be showing those. You know what I mean? Like that's because they would because you saw Fatal Attraction or Fatal. What is it called? Fatal Instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. falls into that category. Only that one is a fucking masterpiece compared to what we've been, you know, <laughs> discussing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I mean, what, you know what I mean? The show Dracula. They've Dead won many. They've they've yes. They've won many Golden Raspberry Awards. Of course they have. Oh, man. <laughs> nothing like a bad parody. There's nothing like a bad yeah. parody. Apparently, so, but, and this yeah. this is from 2017, they were supposed to do a parody on Taken called Who the Fuck Took My Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where I'm like, that sounds great. I would watch it, but I know it's going to be horrendous. Especially if those two jerk-offs are involved. You yeah, know what I mean? It's really disappointing because I love a good parody movie. Me too. When they're good, they're, you know what I mean? They're When they're good, yeah. they're so good. Also, and then but like, bo- when they're bad, it's like, oh, God. Well, both hot, both hot shots, both hot shots are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Both are great. And the the second airplane, eh, eh. The first airplane's a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and for my money, the best of all of them is top secret. That's the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, the Police Squad TV series, the six episodes of the Police Squad TV series, are funnier than any of the Naked Gun movies. And the Naked Gun movies are funny, but yeah. the but the TV series, the Naked or the Police Squad TV series, it's the funniest show in the history of television. It's just it's ridiculous. Um. So yeah, but those guys can do it. There's a difference, you know, like guys like guys like the the Zucker brothers and guys like Pat Proft and Pam Brady, Pam Brady who, um, um. There's a movie coming out that she uh, uh, wrote that's coming out. Uh, it's a it's a parody, but she's like she's one of the major South Park writers, and she writes a lot of mm-hmm. the music for South Park. She wrote Hamlet too. She co-wrote Hamlet too. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. and so she's a great writer, and she's got something coming out. But when you got like you know your your, your Trey Parkers and your you know Pam Brady's and stuff like that, that's mm-hmm. good stuff. But when you got what's his name, Jason Schwartz Village and Fuckhead <laughs> Johnson or whatever, they're, <laughs> yeah. that's not you know. Oh man. Yeah, they were also gonna do a um, uh, Star Wars parody, which I'm amazed. Oh. Like it's taken this long to do. Well, the Star Spaceballs. Wars I mean, Mel, it took Mel Brooks. You know, it took Mel Brooks like twenty something years before he did Spaceballs. Yeah. Uh, what What are they gonna do? What's it called? Uh, Star Worlds, episode <laughs> XXXIVE <laughs> equals MC two. Well, I guess they can't MC do the squared. Square, so MC, MC squared. squared. Okay. okay. I can't even. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not done yet. Uh, MC oh. squared. The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi. Who went rogue? You have got to be kidding. And me. that Is was it... scheduled for filming in late 2017. So who knows what happened? Yeah, they weren't able to get that. That's too bad. Or maybe they did. Maybe I don't they, think maybe they it's did. Out there. Is a Wayans involved in that? Because the long, the longer the title, the more I think a Wayans is in it. Is is involved? I don't, that, I don't think they're in any of these, other than the that, uh, the scary movie. The scary movie, because that one, the juice, drink your juice in the South Central, mm-hmm. in the hood or whatever, because that had that long title. And there was another one. The Wayans did another one where they had a really long uh, title, um, and I can't remember what it is. But the, so the Star Wars boy, they're really cutting edge. These they're doing a Star Wars parody in 2017. 
That's... Well, it was no, it was yeah, 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 2017. Um, yeah. I don't know if it. Yeah, just a lot of like upcoming, upcoming. It's coming out, but then yeah, so nothing. <laughs> oh no, I guess it just did. Maybe they didn't get the money. Yeah. Well, that's Somebody, too bad. We need we need to somebody's we need gotta to pay for that. We need a GoFundMe page for these two jerk off jerk offs. You know uh, what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I think we need another Star Wars parody. I don't think there've been enough. I really don't think there've right? been. Enough. <laughs> oh my god! Jesus! All right. I remember the. I think the last one that I saw because I saw all of these up until yeah. a point. <laughs> I did. I saw Meet the Spartans. I saw Epic Movie. Um, you know. Uh, and I, vampires suck. I believe was the last one I saw of that of that ilk of the of those two idiots. Mm-hmm. I think vampires suck was the last one I saw. Wow! I certainly didn't even know starving <laughs> starving games was a thing. I didn't even know that until you just said that. Yeah, well, now you know what you're watching later. You're right? goddamn right. I'm going right to my. <laughs> I got my new cable equipment where I can talk into my uh, into my remote. I'm just going to go starving games right into my remote and watch that all day long. There you go. <laughs> Oof. Uh, you remember Mafia? Uh, yes. Yeah, and that one's not yeah. bad too. That one's not bad either because I think Pat Proft co-wrote that. Um, and I know what I think one of the Zookers directed it because there are two of them. I think one of the Zookers directed it. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, when one of the Naked Gun movies came out. Uh, I want to say it was maybe the third Naked Gun movie. It was directed by Jerry Zucker, and they would each go on to do other stuff. And David Zucker directed Ghost. Um, you know, which is obviously a straight movie, not a parody. Yeah. And, and yeah, became yeah. a massive box office success, and people love that movie. Um, and I remember on the ads for, if you can look this up, Ezreal, you'll see this. On the ads for, I want to say it was the th- Naked Gun 30 and, third and a, 33 and a third. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Final Insult, I believe, is the name of that Naked Gun yes. third one. And it's directed yeah. by uh, Jerry Zucker, and the, ad, and the tagline says, from the brother of the director of Ghost is the tagline. Nice. <laughs> Thinking that's the best, the best tagline ever from the brother of the director of Ghost. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, no, Mafia was pretty funny. I remember Mafia being okay, uh, mostly because of I remember Lloyd Bridges being really funny in that. Um, yeah, that's but, the thing. So there's also wrongfully accused. Oh God, that's right. That's Leslie Nielsen, right? Yeah. God, he made like uh, that's all. He, he also did The Exorcist, Repossessed. I remember because mm-hmm. Linda Blair's oh, in that too. Oh God, yeah, that was Linda, another. That was another. Uh, that's another ca- central. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing that a lot too. So you probably see that one a bunch of times too. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Repossessed, and I love the fact that Linda Blair's in it. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. she is full in. I mean, yeah. I don't know what like at the time how she was doing money well, wise or whatever I've, where she was I've, like yep let's do yeah. this well linda blair linda blair does the cons i've met her at flashback um um and she's she's not very nice let me just say that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i loved her when i was a kid i had a crush on her when i was a little kid yeah i had a crush on her when i was a little kid uh right after i saw the exorcist at eight um and uh and i've always you know she's always done a lot of really interesting and weird shit she had a very crazy up and down career and like her main focus now is, and God bless her, her main focus now is um, taking care of animals and making sure that they don't get mm-hmm. abused and that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, well, that's nice. I know it is. That's her. That's her big focus, and that she and it's to the to the detriment of her fans. <laughs> 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 I mean, I just want to, you know, like people stand in line and go, I just want you to sign a picture of, you know, 
you being possessed and then she yeah. she's like she'll like be kind of mean to the fans especially if they don't donate to her cause you know oh what i mean boy. yeah but anyway but she was in repossessed i wonder if she signs any eight by tens of repossessed i wonder if people come up oh and say my God. here sign this i hope so <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> repossessed oh god i didn't Parodies. know this mm. uh leslie nielsen did a 2001 a space travesty <laughs> the titles alone as well they're so hilarious. i know they're great um i didn't know that yeah this <laughs> was space, like in 2000 a space travesty yeah because he died right around that time because he died in, yeah. i think he died like right around that time. that movie probably killed him <laughs> that's probably it he's like i'm done oh, literally God, the, like God, the, the titles the titles alone oh you could just see the lack of creativity just from the goddamn title you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you look at the title you're like seriously this is the starving games that's the title you've come up with i oh. yeah oh man and and again they don't show they don't show movies anymore on comedy central that much they don't i mean it's mostly Parks and Rec and Office and Seinfeld reruns and, and South mm-hmm. Park all the time now. They don't do the movie marathons like they used to when you were watching cable in the 90s. Yeah. But that, I guarantee you all of the shit that we've mentioned would be running on Comedy Central right now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I got to go watch Meet the Spartans. I can't. <laughs> yeah. And you got to watch Super Fast. Super Fast. Yeah, because, you know, like those movies, there's 10 of them now. Like those movies, like the, like the newest Fast and Furious movie is not a parody. Trust me, it is. I've fucking seen it. It is. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we didn't get to the stuff that we were going to get to with, <laughs> because we were too busy talking about fantastic parodies from Jason and Schwartzman. awful I, parodies. Awful parodies. Jason Schwartzman. I'm sorry. No, not Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> He's like a good actor. Uh, Jason oh, there's also Dance Flick. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. See, now, I remember that because and that that's came not, out. But that's not... Um... That's that not those two. Those, yeah, it's not those two. Not those two clowns. It's somebody else. No. But I remember Dance Flick because that came out like right after, what's that Julia Stiles movie? Um, Meet, uh, Save the Last Day. Yes. I love that movie. Oh, I love that movie. And I love her in it. But that came out like right after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there were, there were a couple of those kind of dance movies and that one, Dance Flick, came out like right after the Julia. Yeah. This is the, a Wayans yeah, uh, yes, uh, of course it is. It's there. a it's a Wayans movie. So those I kind of I I I feel like they're taking up the mantle of, from from Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, they're doing. That's right. The Zucker brothers moved on to Leslie Nielsen, moved on to to the Wayans, and then moved on to Schwarzkopf and Bumblebee or whatever those fucking guys. I mean, are. one of my favorites is I'm gonna get you, sucker. Oh, like, it's a that great one movie. Is so good. That's a it's one of the best that's ones ever. Great, that's a great parody movie. And I just watched it uh, right after Jim Brown uh, passed away. Uh, I popped it in and watched it because he's hilarious in it. And, yeah. And uh, and that's a great uh, that's a great parody of black exploitation movies, especially if you you know. And I grew up watching those movies in the theater yeah. with you know. And no, no, no. I'm gonna get you. Suckers a great one. That's an example of a very clever, very funny, very smart. Uh, but again. Wayans. Yep. 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 And this is like Keenan Ivory Wayans, because when Damon Wayans yeah. and the other dipshit took over, that's when they dropped in quality. You know what I mean? That's when you got stuff like white chicks. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and little man. <laughs> and little, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Keenan was like, nah, I got nothing to do with this shit anymore. What's the other just... It's what's the other one that it's uh 
it's the Damon Wayne parody. Oh, no, 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 oh, who are the brothers? Yeah, it's Keenan because Keenan Ivory was the was the was the There's main Marlin. guy. Marlon, Ma- yes, that's it. Marlon and Marlon uh, yeah. and Sean. That's it. Those are the two dorks. Those are the yeah. two guys. Marlon and Sean are the two idiots that they're the ones up. that had the TV show, I think, as well. They had a TV show, The Wayans Brothers. But again, yeah. the guy who started all this, his older, his oldest, their oldest brother. He started in Living Color, which is brilliant yeah. uh, and, and brilliant. A great piece of satire and sketch comedy television. I mean, that's where Jim Carrey came from. Yeah. Um, and all these other really David, uh, David Allen Greer and all these other amazingly talented people came out of that. And then like the it, unfortunately, the younger brothers, you know, your Sean and your and your uh, and uh, the other Dwayne or what the hell or whatever his name is. Damon. Damon. No, no, not Damon. I like Damon's. Marlon. Marlon, yeah, Marlon and Sean. Those are the two guys that were like, we're going to be like our older brother, only we're not funny. That's why we're going to do <laughs> Little Man and White Chicks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, man. And then All now right. there's the new da- There's a new Damon, <laughs> his son. Yeah. Damon Wayans Jr. You got Damon Wayans Jr., who actually, he's really funny. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it, it, like, when I first saw him, I remember thinking, is that Damon Wayne? I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's his, his son. son. Yeah, I feel old as hell now. I know, like I know. seeing that he is because I think he's around my age, maybe he is probably yeah, a he little is. younger. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, and he's he's funny as hell. He's very very funny, very very talented. He's done a lot of good stuff. So anyway, all right, well, parody movies. We got really distracted by Vampire Suck and <laughs> and two thousand one, a space travesty. <laughs> oh God, I mean, I yeah, I I love a good. Parody yeah. Movie. yeah. All right. Well, they're yeah. out there. Evidently, there are tons that we haven't seen yet, Esmeralda. We got to catch up on that. Yeah, but I don't think those are good. That's no, the they're going to suck. They're, they're going to suck. Good. They're going to suck. And this all started because Diane uh, uh, had uh, had this to say. <laughs> I just saw right. the first Top Gun. <laughs> That's how this whole thing started. <laughs> Diane, you should now watch Hot Shots. Yes. Just to like. Yes. Even it out. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great that's great advice. All right. All right, uh, Esmeralda, thank you. Uh, my thanks to Matt Carr over at the Music Box. Go check out House on Haunted Hill uh, at uh, the Music Box Theater. Uh, skeletons and ghosts, all kinds of crazy stuff is going to happen. Wednesday, June 7th at 7, Thursday, June 8th at 9.30 at the Music Box Theater. Check out musicboxtheater.com. Uh, you want to be a sponsor, check us out, sales at radiomisfits.com. You want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, 773-417-6948, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the sounds and stuff. My thanks to Ed. And check us out, live streaming 24-7, radiomisfits.live, radiomisfits.live. Uh, all kinds of really cool music and great podcast episodes. And uh, this podcast and my SNL podcast uh, will be played daily uh, at radiomisfits.live. So there you go. Uh, Esmeralda, you got the next, uh, the next episode off because it's uh, oh boy, the first Tuesday in June. So mm-hmm. uh, Tom Appel, Herb Weissbaum will join me for an episode of For the People. So uh, there you go. Nice. And that's all. Lots of information. Tons. Tons that I don't have. That's right, it, but it won't be as it won't be as nearly as funny as Epic Movie. <laughs> All right, that's not saying much. There you go. All right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on the Nick Deep Podcast. <laughs> 